Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. Glad it's nowhere near Valentine's Day because I am gifted out for a while. My birthday is in two short months, Matt. That's true. I'm turning 33. Oh, you youngin. <laughs> I don't feel that young. Hey, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, $5 level, you can get episodes a little bit early. Uh, uncut. Appreciate it if you check that out. We can start the show with this week's episode. It is I'm with Cupid, episode AABF11. Originally aired February 14th, 1999 on Valentine's Day. Written by Dan Greeny, directed by Bob Anderson, uh, received a 7.7 rating, approximately 7.7 million viewers. Uh, finished 48th in the ratings. I don't have any Fox uh, data to compare with. It finished third behind Cops and Ally McBeal. Sounds about right. I mean, That's... Cops always got the best ratings because everyone loved reality TV. I haven't watched an episode of Cops in a long time. Neither have I. I watched that show where Steven Seagal went out with cops and, like, did faked police work. Ooh, that sounds awful. It was, but it's kind of very entertaining in its awfulness. I have no problem laughing at Steven Seagal. Okay. Uh, well, oh, chalkboard gag. Hillbillies are people, too. Sure. I, sure. Matt has no opinion. I mean, everyone who's listened to this show knows my opinion of hillbillies. Uh, they are they are people. That is correct. But that's, that's the most I'm going to say today. <laughs> Is your dad not a hillbilly? Uh, he is not. He has a redneck. There is a difference. What's the difference between redneck? I'll, I'll, I'll slight them. What's the difference between redneck and hillbilly? Uh, rednecks can be part of society. Hillbillies are always just one step outside of civilization. Right. Okay. So rednecks are like the the kind of the hillbilly ethos, but with modern accoutrement. Basically, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, the couch gag. The family switches their hair around. I think we've seen this one already this year. It's kind of hard, getting hard to keep track. At this point, we have seen hundreds of couch gags, and it's true. We have no idea if when it's new or not. I feel like the new seasons, you be pretty. It's pretty obvious when it's it's a new couch gag. Uh, I believe the one from this past Sunday was them on the couch on Ferris wheel. I thought that was really interesting, but in like season ten, it's like I have no idea. They were all pretty simple back then. Yeah, and they even the ones like they do roughly like two third new every season, but I forget at which point they start. They like it goes like ten or twelve episodes, and then they're all new, and then they have like a block of like six or eight that are reused those original ten or twelve, and then they have a, a few like four or five at the end that are new again. That's the pattern I've noticed, but I don't know if that's if that actually repeats or not. I can't say. Uh, episode guest stars Jan Hooks as Manjula and Elton John as himself. I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't. Is mind. that an Elton John joke? I'm, that's oh, that's I believe he literally sings those words in this episode, Matt. So yeah, I don't listen to words when they're sung. Oh, that's not that's not true, Matt. <laughs> You're lying to me. Most of the time, I, you, I don't. Listen there are to lyrics you. There are lyrics that you can repeat. Okay, I know there are. There are so few, though. So very few. Okay. Episode begins with Homer telling Lisa a bedtime story about him at Moe's. Because Homer is the prince. He is the hero. I think that is a good, uh, a nice little summary of season 10 Simpsons. Uh, that, however illogical, Homer is the hero. Uh, Bart is praying that he needs a school project done to, for tomorrow. So Marge does it for him. That It does seem a lot for fourth grade. 
right? It's a, an entire model of a digestive system. I mean, like that's kind of like stuff you build in college. So Marge, I, I guess because she loves Bart or or is devoted to him, not necessarily. I don't know. It, it's a you probably should just. It doesn't really matter at this point if Bart doesn't really, do no. this science experiment. <laughs> like what? What he already fails or gets D's. Like what is it? Nah, okay. So Marge volunteers to do it because Bart suckers her with you know a sad, happy, loving face. Uh, and where where do you go in Springfield for art supplies and craft supplies at eleven thirty at night? I mean, I'm pretty sure. Uh... Michael's and Joanne's close at around nine, so uh, Quickie Mart it is. The Quickie Mart it is. Uh, Apu is open, of course. Okay, paper mache mix, pipe cleaners, big intestines, and sparkle paint. You're a lifesaver, Apu. All the other stores are closed. <gasps> at 11.30, but this is the peak hour for stoned teenagers buying shiny things. Whoa, it's a living mirror. Cool hat! Well, I'm glad you're always here, but isn't it a little rough on your marriage? You know Manjula understands. I told her that endless doyle is the only true path out of this jerkwaterberg. Well, when you have a free night, we'd love to have you two over for dinner. Well, please do not be insane. You hosted our wedding. The least we can do is have you over for dinner. It is payback time, and this time, it's personal. <laughs> I know it's stupid, but I love that joke. The, the jokes in this episode aren't bad. They're 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 all right. I would say is my uh, my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. There's some good ones. There are some that fall a little flat, especially uh, through the lens of time and uh, the progress we have made socially. Yeah, there's. I mean, it's not only that. It's just the lens of time generally. There's some things. There's like a few jokes in this thing that have aged very poorly. Um, so Apu and Majuli get are invited. Uh, they are have invited the Simpsons over to their house uh, for dinner. They are kind of they're struggling they're like oh you know they're worried how the simpsons are going to see their house etc etc um the, the same time we see bart's th- see that's bart's digestive system just explodes on the bus and that's the end of that well one at the end of that and two that doesn't make any logical sense i mean i i don't know how familiar you are with the human digestive system robbie uh but generally... I, ha- I have one that's as familiar as I can get. Sometimes okay. it hurts when and I eat too much ice cream. as familiar as you need to be. Stuff goes in one end, usually the mouth, unless you're South Park. It uh, goes in one end, works its way through, and comes out the other end. So if you attach one end to the other, hopefully not on an actual person because, ew, uh, it will just go in a circle. It won't build up pressure and explode. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe, Marge, there is something wrong with the construction of that thing that, you know. That's possible. Marge did a bad job. And also, there w- didn't like didn't Nelson have to flip a switch or something to like turn it on? So maybe turn it on, yeah. Maybe the power supply vents improperly back into. Maybe there's extra air in there that doesn't get expelled. That's what I have to assume is, is Marge never actually turned it on because that was Homer's uh, stomach we heard earlier. So maybe it just as a buildup of air, it's su- the suction coming in is is a lot uh, more than it needs to be. So there, that, there you go. That's I'm glad we broke that down. It's very necessary. Uh, so we get some jokes about both Marge and Manjula feeling ashamed of their homes. Uh, we get jokes about Indian pop singers. Oh we get, God, what's that? What's, <laughs> Sorry, that's one of those jokes that it does not uh, hold up. Possibly I mean, never did. I yeah, 
I it is very much like aren't their names different than ours? Isn't that funny? I'm like, mm, eh, sure. And it turns out that the song itself is that they play is just a American song. That's and that's that's like that joke itself is is all right with me. Like the reveal, oh, actually, there it's yeah. You don't recognize these names, but the song itself is American. Um, but the initial gag is very much like Homer obviously doesn't know any of these people. Uh, then there's jokes about Indian food, uh, which how prolific were Indian restaurants in 1999? I feel like unless you were in a large city, they were not that prolific. Because I, I honestly I don't even remember eating Chinese food all that much in 1998. Well, uh, I'm sure it was out there. Matt, you just but we, we, we just had a limited palate. We but. just had a discussion about your redneck father, so I don't really know how much influence. And my parents, we, and we my, ate Italian food, and that was as exotic as we got. Yeah, that's the, like Olive Garden was fancy, and that's I'm I am this like we I we did eat Chinese food at the food court at the mall. They had a Chinese food. That's true. They that's did not. True. They did not have uh, I, uh, Indian though. They did not. No, I, I feel like the writers though living in Los Angeles probably had access to Indian food, and were therefore you know making jokes about it. Yeah, it's. I have a feeling like as soon as you leave a. I, even the small town that I used to live in that I grew up in now has Indian restaurants. So I don't, Oh, it's generally good food. So yeah, I don't, there's Indian food. It's great. I love it. Um, they sit down and they have a discussion about work, about how much a poo works. And Manjula has, I would say wrong impressions about what is a normal American work week. Mm. Oh, this is delicious. What's in it? Chickpeas, lentils, and rice. And what's in this? Chickpeas and lentils. Fried with rice. Oh, I'm so glad we were able to get together. Well, you know how hard it is to pry these two away from work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Homer's a real go-getter. <laughs> yeah, I'm going right to the top. <laughs> hmm, what's in Elt Down? <laughs> I don't understand, Marge. Doesn't Homer work a standard 18-hour day? 18 hours? Nobody works that hard. <clears throat> but he does work every day, right? Well, pretty much. Except weekends. Weekends? What's a weekend, Matt? I don't know. What is a weekend? Are we all weekends? So, Manjul is upset at Apu because he is... I mean, he's lied to her. That's I think that's he indeed he has. That's fair enough. He's lied to her about what a uh, acceptable amount of work is. Although I feel like we still are, we still there's still a I think cultural disputes about what's an acceptable amount of work. Uh, True. We don't forty hour work week is it feels like it's way too much. <laughs> way too much. Yeah, yeah. We don't need that. Our society could easily handle like. 25 hours of work uh, a week and i think we'd all be just fine are you saying our labor is being basically like just fueling the acceleration of uh wealth inequality to people like you know jeff yeah, bezos and, and bill yeah. gates and yeah those people i think when you think about it the only, the only jobs that make sense anymore are entertainment science and engineering and bureaucracy and eventually all those bureaucracy jobs are going to go away once they're done by computers. Like Even now, making things is mostly done by machines. So are you saying that we should have a universal ba- basic income and kind of like live like Star Trek does? 
Uh, absolutely. Okay. That would make everyone's life so much better. Uh, Matt, I would say, don't. Even the rich people who will eventually realize that, hey, it's better off if I have less money. I... Oof, Matt. Oh. <laughs> I don't. That seems. I don't know. I don't know if you've been paying attention to how to how Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos want to spend their money, but I don't think they uh, are ever concerned about wanting less of it. I think they want to open up candy factories or some garbage because they have too much. Uh, bricks out of dirt. I mean, definitely. So, Homer and March are kicked out, uh, and get we get a Kama Sutra joke th- thrown there in there at the end of the act, which... Also, has yeah. not aged very well. No, it feels incredibly quaint. Oh, look at these old people! <laughs> they're they're get, taking sex advice from the Kama Sutra. Oh, isn't that cute? Remember when that was risque? It's like, I, I don't know if you guys know, but the Kama Sutra about half of the positions are practically impossible. The other half, everyone already knows. So... Also, it's half sure. like it's half spiritualism. It's not like just yeah, a pure, not pure sex book. But regardless, we get a gag about Homer and Marge reading the oh, Homer reading Kama Sutra always driving, uh, and we go to commercial. And when we come back, uh, we have Homer at the Quickie Mart uh, trying to pick out Valentine's Day cards, and it does not go well for him. I cherish you, my precious. Mwah. To a heck of a blacksmith. Yeah, I already got him one. You're appealing. Let's never split. <laughs> That's funny, because they're monkeys. <laughs> so long, rejects. Stupid card. Morning, Apu. Still in hot water with the squaw. Worse than ever, I am afraid. My shameful neglect has made her feel unloved. Now I fear she will leave me. Oh, she's not going to leave you right before Valentine's Day. It'll be like going to an air show and leaving before the plane crash. Oh, oh you are right. There's still seven days before Valentine's. Ah, seven chances to prove my love for sweet Manjula. <laughs> sweet Manjula. I'll be at most. So I hope you don't need my recording today, because for some reason my recording is not picking up my clips today. It's okay, Matt. It'll work out. Yeah, I'll figure it out once we're done, of course. Anyway, so yes, uh, Homer has made up who realized uh, that he has been a really, really bad um, husband uh, by, one, lying to his wife, and two, uh, barely paying attention to her, apparently. Which, I guess if you work 18 hours a day, that only leaves six hours for sleep, so what else are you going to do? Uh, unless your wife goes to work with you, which apparently she does not. Uh, do we ever get Minjula have a job that we know of? I mean, the... They'll they're gonna have their the octuplets soon enough, and then that that's is true. that that is, that is, is her like job. six full time jobs. That's yeah, that's more than one job. That's multiple people's jobs, uh, handling eight children. But um, she is, I don't think each, she each has child a job is essentially, now. Yeah, each child is essentially a full time job. Well, there is some labor savings uh, when you have multiple children, but uh, you know it's not much. Hey, how many kids uh, do you have? Three, Matt? three children. Uh, I have zero, uh, oh, so my okay. estimation of how much work it takes is probably maybe more. Uh, but I I see taking care of children as uh, say four kids. That's probably about three and a half full time jobs. So I have no idea how parents do it. <laughs> they don't sleep. Is the answer? Uh, that's what I've learned. Is like, hey, do you want to never go anywhere? Do it. You, you pick up a lot. You, yeah, you don't have any free time anymore. You you don't sleep. So you basically yeah. all your time is just for children. You know, they're important. They're oh, a feature. What a horrible way to live. They're a future, Matt. They're they're gonna they're the next generations. They're gonna take care of us in our old age. Uh, I'm gonna do, count on them to invent robots to take care of me, so I don't have to talk to them. 
What's I also like to point out how racist Homer is during this clip. And yeah, that he, uh, that's also not good. Squaw. That's that's not cool. You can't use the words yeah. using the word squaw is bad. Don't I don't want to. That's not not that's not. Let's just all uh, forget that word I exists. I don't think that, that was acceptable fashion. in 1999. I don't know why. I'm yeah, like <laughs> I understand. Like yeah, I think most people 2018 don't use that word, but 1999. Even then, I would think that that would, word would obviously be offensive. Whatever, whatever. The next... As we have realized in the past few months, the Simpsons writers are behind the times in some pretty monumental ways. Yeah, and it's also the we could talk at length about the Apu um, Apu issue. Um, largely, they avoid that any of that stuff, and like there's plenty of Indian jokes. Um, I don't not a big fan of them, but they're not. I don't think they're terrible or anything, but. Largely, Apu isn't in this episode. <laughs> he's like it's everyone's reaction to him. Yeah, he's not really like he is the he's like Godot or something. He's just kind of like this figure <laughs> that everyone talks about and like is searching for him. But he's not really like his. his he is basically like Dezek Machina. He is not really. He, he doesn't have his character. Does he? Like he he has his character arc. As soon as he commits to courting uh, Manjula for the week leading up to Valentine's Day, that's true. Uh, I was going to say this episode established reaction videos. This is the reaction video of every man in Springfield and every woman to Apu's original video that we never get to see for the most part. I think I anyway. Th- this is that l- this little discussion is making me like this episode more, Matt. But <laughs> see, it's not that bad. It's fine. Uh-huh. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we also get a big Sunday paper joke back at the Simpson household because uh, apparently it's gigantic. Uh, I, I think newspapers have shrunk quite a bit since then, so there's a lot of people who won't get that gag now. But hey, well, Matt, you were alive Matt, back then; you probably understand. What's it? What's a newspaper? Uh, it's this really terrible quality paper that had uh, we got the new we got blogs on before there was the internet. Oh, it's analog blogs. Analog blogs. <laughs> oh my god. Analogs. That's, that's my new indie newsletter. Analog blog. <laughs> God, that's sure probably else that's that been taken. That's there's no way that hasn't yeah. been taken. No, but yeah, if I, it hasn't, oh my gosh, somebody out there do it. Newspaper jokes, very topical. There's <laughs> never been a better time than than for newspaper jokes in 2018. So another joke that is not offensive. I feel like 99 was the perfect year for it. Was the perfect year for a newspaper joke though, because that that's when newspapers were exploding with more advertisements and you know pack-ins and all kinds of stupid crap. Oh, the stuff that uh, I stopped now, reading. That's why I stopped reading newspapers. Exactly. I grabbed the comics page and occasionally the business page, and that was about it. I didn't. Yeah. There's. And now yeah, internet. There are now, even more jokes besides just the size. Homer peeling away layer after layer, throwing it directly into the trash because of course Homer doesn't recycle. Uh, Marge asks for scullery week, uh, which okay. Uh, uh, but at, at this point, uh, we get to the real meat of why the newspaper is even in the episode whatsoever, uh, is that there are personals and, uh, Bart, after going through some risque sounding ones, uh, gets to the important one. Hey, look at this one. <gasps> it's a poem. <gasps> From Apu. Don't just gasp. Read it. My darling bride, Manjula, I hereby mend my ways. I'll shower you with valentines for seven love-filled days. Oh, how romantic. I used to take out ads like that when we were newlywed. The only ad you took out was to sell our lawnmower. We sold it, didn't we? Yes, I'm sure they did. Uh, however, that is, is not the most romantic thing that has ever happened. Or anywhere on that scale, really. <laughs> I, I, it's... 
this episode is very much I, I think it avoids most of obnoxious Homer. Uh, he is obnoxious, but they are openly acknowledging it every single step along the way about how awful the men are. Um, not just Homer, all the men in Springfield are. So apparently, I mean, you didn't have to sell me on it. You know, I don't. It's pretty clear that you know. I think most of most Springfieldians kind of do just lapse into. I think most most men in general, especially, uh, lapse into uh, comfort in their marriages without the work. So it's all, you got to work every day even the little things which we'll get to that we'll get to that at the end uh, at, at the the, the <laughs> background information of this episode <laughs> yes exactly so uh marge and Manjul are apparently playing badminton in their you know large amounts of free time they have during the day uh and Manjula is regaling marge with all the wonderful things apu has uh done for her which include covering her bed in wildflowers which gross uh that would be so disgusting <laughs> Like, hey, here's a whole bunch of nature on your bed. Uh, it probably includes bugs and uh, funguses and what? all kinds of sticky things. <laughs> I prefer Homer's version where you lose pickle slices in the sheets. Oh, I love to find something. Oh, it's like a Chick Fil A sandwich on your, oh. in, but your bed. I don't need. I don't. I never want pickles, and I don't want pickle slices showing up anywhere. I mean, they're usually a little wet, so I prefer them not in my bed, just to have a dry bed. But, you know, I'll take pickle slices anytime, really. Uh, I'll no take pickle slices. Dang. No, no anyway. <laughs> I want some Chick-fil-A. Uh, this, well, do they have Chick-fil-A in Canada? They have to, right? They do not, Matt. Oh, you poor not, 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 not in Edmonton. There's no Chick-fil-A. That's sad. Oh, it's in Calgary Airport. Oh, right. There is one in the Calgary Airport. I, we <laughs> ate there one time. We like we were we had a layover in Calgary and we're like wait a second there's a Chick Fil A in the Calgary airport there is one in the Calgary airport okay that that's the one Chick Fil A so you're lucky this news article is fly through Calgary this, right this news, news news article says it's the only one in Canada at the moment wow that's an odd place but okay then I mean I don't fly through Calgary a bunch but if I do I will generally will go to that Chick Fil A now I forgot it was well, there good. but it was I, I did we I we did eat at it. The, the last time you're in Calgary Airport. This is very important news. It is very important news. It is better than Apu training a parrot to sing uh, something about the nightlife. I love the What's nightlife. The I, I love, love the to night. boogie. Something about Apu. Yeah. yeah, there's a poo in there. That's a, that's, yeah. There's two two pop songs for this that get Apu uh, addendums. Apu eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, uh, apparently Apu is taking Manjula to the opera uh, with a limo, uh, front row loge, which is really the best place to see the opera or, or really any show. You never want to be on the floor because the sound is always a little weird on the floor. Front row loge, that's a good spot. What is loge? Those are usually the boxes uh, that are along the sides, I believe. Is that uh, the, the proper name for them? A few seats in them. Uh, it's the proper name in an arena. Uh, loge seating is generally like the, the nice little boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a hundred percent, but it seems like to me the best place to watch it from. Uh, it's better than way up in the balconies. You don't they're, want to be in the balconies. They're seeing La Boheme. Well, it's funny because they say opera here, and then later on, uh, Sarah Wiggum mentions uh, La Boheme. So we have to just assume that's what uh, they saw at the opera. But it's it's possible he has taken her to two operas. I think I maybe. think Manjula probably le- leaked it to Sarah. I think she he she was probably like La Bohem was La Bohem was so great. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they all talk to each other, right? That's true. All these moms who probably don't have jobs because that's the, that's the the fiftiesization of Springfield. Yeah, I was gonna. That's the other thing that 
this episode immediately is like reminds you like oh right none of these women have these women work that's really weird like how do you survive that is actually- i guess i mean we see what we see uh police chief wig on police chief probably makes enough money to, that she's there she's fine without working um dr hibbert's wife he's a doctor so that's fine um yeah. flanders I mean, he's he's into his hyper Christian phase by now, so obviously he he would want a household where his wife does not work. I I would think so, but you would think that he, I don't know if the leftorium makes enough uh, bucks to support. That's true. Well, this oh. this is in the early leftorium, so maybe it makes enough money now. Uh, but when it gets dropped down to a kiosk, or once Leftopolis moves in next door, uh, it probably <laughs> does not. Has the Leftopolis already moved in next door? Uh, no, that is in the Chuck Garabedian episode. Uh, that's 30 minutes over Tokyo, I believe. Which we ah, have not we have not. That's in the season, though. That's what I thought. It was like the end of the season. So we'll get there. It's it's getting up on that time. Also, uh, Sideshow Mel, uh, uh, we don't know what his wife does. He only mentions her, you know, kind of once. So we're not sure if she doesn't work or not. And then, of course, Mo, the, the gal that Mo is stalking, we don't know her job situation. <sighs> They really. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that one. They're either. really hammering home this most scumbag thing. Like they really want to make. It's not okay. All right. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, Marge is very impressed by all the wonderful things that Apu is doing for Benjul, as anybody should be, because Apu is really going all out. And I, we can talk about this now or later. It's really up to you. But this episode, a lot of it comes down to the men not being happy that Apu is showing them up. And really, it comes down to these men are not showing any appreciation whatsoever for their wives. Uh, and I feel like I worry about this episode because all the things that Apu are, is doing cost so much money. I mean, front row tickets to an opera and a limo and training a bird, that's got to be in the thousands of dollars. Uh, the bird alone is probably over a thousand dollars. I mean, he's uh, rented he, the bird. Sure, sure. He rented the bird. Um, but I, I mean these men are showing zero appreciation. So I feel like if they showed even the tiniest bit, maybe not, you know, La Boheme, but just a little bit of appreciation for their wives. This episode probably would not have been this uh, concerning, but I, anyway, Matt, it's like, you're right. But this, this, this iteration of the Simpsons does not care. That is accurate. That it is does very, not it, like, accurate. I, I think this episode is funny and I think it, it ends on a romantic, like a sweet enough moment that I, I'm i okay. Like, it doesn't end with the train wreck that uh, Homer to the Max does. It doesn't end with Homer having a kidney stolen from him and given to his father. It ends with something that's sweet. And the episode at least openly acknowledges that these men are lazy and don't want to work, you know, at, at pleasing their wives. It doesn't, you know, like, yeah, like, I think if this episode happened, like, you think about, like, uh, off the top of my head, Lisa's Pony. Like, a big plot point in that episode is, like, oh, the Simpsons can't afford this. Or even Bart the Elephant, which is, like, a wacky, crazy episode. But also, it comes down to the point where, oh, we, we can't afford this. We are still a, like, lower middle class family. We cannot afford to house and feed an elephant. And, like, you could easily get into Apu. Yeah, he's using, like, all... He's a business owner. He probably has tons of credit, you know, that he could use. Well, tons of credit, and he owns the Quickie Mart, which they have shown gouges the heck out of Springfield people, and he works 18 hours a day, so he probably has the money to spend on these kind of things. And you were right about the women not working when you were saying, oh, Dr. Hibbert's a doctor. He can probably afford this kind of thing. Police chief Wiggum is a police chief. He probably makes a decent amount of money as a civil servant. 
Homer, on the other hand, I I feel like Marge would just like, you know, something more than the monkey card, uh, which speaking of the episode back there, uh, Marge mentions how much she loves it, how much women love, you know, attention being paid to them and their hard work being acknowledged. And Homer says that he is going to Marge is going to get something great from him. And Marge turns out already found the monkey card. Homer found at the beginning of the, uh, the I, act. I, I this is my favorite moment in this whole episode because it's actually it feels like. Season 10 Simpsons, in this episode is no exception, is over the top and full of, like, cartoony-ish and, and wacky-ish and full of, like, it doesn't want to worry about reality. It doesn't worry about all this stuff costing money. It worries about the, the dudes, like, going on, like, a caper to try and track down a poo and stop him. But... That moment where Homer and Marge are in bed, and Homer's like, Homer's like, yeah, I got, I got her that monkey card. Which Homer at least remember, like he knows that it's Valentine's Day. He got her a card ahead of time. Like that's something at least. You know, there's episodes where Homer has completely forgotten things, like and just you know completely blanked. This is something. But Marge going like, it wasn't the monkey card, was it? And Homer, like, <laughs> no, 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 of course not. And then him, like, turning over in bed and, like, wincing. Like, that's actually, like, a, like a sweet little thing where Homer honestly showing, like, oh, man, I thought the monkey card would be good. And it, and it, it turns show how out. Much that, how, they're, they're, how different they are. Like, Homer's like, yeah, this is going to be great. And Marge's like, no. No. And, like, especially with the stuff the attention module is getting. Like, it is clearly you know we see marge and module playing badminton together it is clearly like marge i it is like in the same way that module is realizing oh a poo working like 90 100 hour weeks is not acceptable marge on the other is like the shoes on the other foot marge is seeing oh the amount of tension that homer pays me despite the amount of time he has is not enough Exactly. And we'll get to that later on in the episode uh, about when she totals up uh, how much <laughs> they've spent on each other. Yes. Um, but uh, um, anyway, uh, at this point, uh, we go back to Apu and we get to see the, the wonderful thing that he has uh, next come up with for Mangelo. A chocolate husband! Oh, how darling! I can't breathe! Oh, Apu! Oh, you are the sweetest feeling of all. Air. I need air. Oh, Apu. Oh, God, you... my ears are filled with nougat. Oh, dear. Oh, There's God. a nut in my eye. So I know and the uh, there's uh, my ears are filled with nougat and there's a nut in my eye. What I remember most about this episode because it is so dang funny. <laughs> it's it's very good. It is very much like they 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 do a good job with Apu's uh, efforts and you know his 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 uh, the uh, um what's the word I'm looking for um his. The growth, no, the growth, of, like the 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 development from day to day and the gifts he gives, the escalation of his yeah, gifts, escalation. escalation of his gifts is uh, really well done, and it is as having fun with itself, and is also sweet. You know, it is a a, a funny like I'm. I know this is a low bar, but jokes that are not one person explicitly being mean to another person. I'm, I'm kind of just, hey, isn't that nice? 
Isn't that refreshing that we have episodes <laughs> yeah. like that? Yes, it's this is it's uh, along with the this is like the biggest like laugh out loud laugh out loud gag to me in this episode is the poo breaking getting trapped inside <laughs> chocolate. How much how much must that have sucked to have chocolate poured around you? That's just that's that's one of my worst nightmares. I mean, it's chocolate, so I could probably eat my way out, but still. Yeah, I would think at the point I start suffocating, I start you know eating the chocolate. Yeah, or it's very licking it so that it melts away so you can breathe. It's probably not pleasant. And it's a, Probably not, but yeah, no. it's a romantic. Hey, it's very, very romantic. Uh, at, at this point, we go back to the unhappy husbands and wives, uh, where Police Chief Wiggum is reading his wife uh, truly tasteless jokes in bed. Uh, of course, his wife has been hearing about all the wonderful things that Manjula has gotten, and is now jealous, uh, most specifically about the opera. And uh, I thought this was very interesting that they included a Viagra joke uh, in the episode. I thought that might have been too much for the censors because apparently it's $10 a pill and uh, Sarah is wasting it, just wasting it for poor police chief Wiggum. Uh, we then see a news report on the unhappy wives because apparently that's that's on the news in Springfield uh, as they're reporting on Apu and how much wonderful, how many wonderful things he is doing for his wife and how much the other men are unhappy with him. Or uh, for you know, obviously doing them, uh, and this is at the point where we see March uh, totaling up all the gifts that Homer has bought for her, and apparently it turns out uh, it is less than uh, Homer has spent on temporary tattoos, which is something. So we can either take that to mean that Homer has not spent a lot on Marge, or has spent a ton of money on temporary tattoos. I think we're supposed to assume the first one. I would assume that he, yeah, probably. I mean, there are a lot of temporary tattoo jokes about uh, Homer. I mean, he does have that Starland vocal band tattoo. Well, that might be a real one. What's what are you talking about, Matt? That happened in the explicitly one episode, and then vanished. It was forever. gone forever. Vanished forever, <laughs> like so many other things. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, but Marge is obviously upset about this because, I mean, man, temporary tattoos are cheap. So unless you're putting on six a day. Yeah. Also, there's a Taco Bell dog joke that uh, no one remembers anymore. Very. <laughs> it, you don't remember? Matt, come on. The Taco Bell dog. The little Chihuahua. I, I remember, but I, I'm pretty sure it has, no one. Very similarly. In the last very, 20 years. <laughs> very similarly to the newspaper jokes. Not exactly. super relevant. Not one of those jokes that have aged very well. No. I don't I don't understand um, how you write a Taco Bell dog joke and then expect it to age well it's not one of those i think i think it's one of those jokes they're just like yep this will be funny for about two or three years and then people watching reruns will just roll their eyes i don't i I mean like i know what the taco bell dog is and i'm sure a lot of people do but i don't like in 50 years i don't think people are going to be studying taco bell maybe they will god knows we we archive and study everything now and like reflect on i'm sure marketing people are like remember the taco bell dog in the late 90s and in 50 years, they'll be studying Taco Bell dogs. No? Chihuahua? Maybe. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, moving on. At this point, the uh, men all meet at Moe's Bar because their wives have essentially kicked them all out uh, because they're feeling unsatisfied. And Homer comes up with a really bad plan. This Valentine's crap has gone too far. Edna won't even let me clap her erasers. My Barbara will no longer pleasure me with the French arts. The gal I'm stalking had me bump back to 200 feet. Oh, That's too far. And ask yourselves, people, 
Who's to blame for all this? Well, I guess we are. I suppose I do take Maud for granted. Oh, yeah, I've done some of that myself. Will you stop it? It's easy to blame ourselves, but it's even easier to blame Apu. He's making us look bad. Jeez, he's got everything but the Shriners. Hey, watch it! You're all over the road! We gotta stop that traitor, Apu. Yeah! Right after happy hour. Yeah! Yeah, drinking will help us play. So, and that's how we end the uh, the act. Uh, all the men are getting drunk and planning to do something really dumb. Drinking will help us plan. It always does. I, I, it's that... The idiocy of them is at least understood. Like, I, they're not... like That's the hardest part in this episode for me, is that I don't really have anyone to root for. <laughs> like, I don't... I like, I guess I just want... I want to... Is it like I'm supposed to be rooting for Apu to finish the... Get his... Achieve his seven days of Valentine's? That's true. You don't really understand until the end that, oh, everyone can be happy in this situation. I, I don't... Yeah, like, it's, it's kind of that... It's a very weird dynamic where it's just watching them go on this weird caper, which, hey, Matt, I want you to take your Season 10 Simpsons bingo card out and, and put a big X on the the big, giant, wacky action sequence that basically ends the episode. <laughs> you just get you okay, there. Good. Get you there already. So the men are stuck. I'm not sure we bingo, but you know. I know. Who knows? Uh, Homer's not quite the full-on Captain Wacky or... Jerk Homer, so I don't think you get you get across that one off. We'll have to make an actual season ten bingo card at some point. Uh, so men are the men are stalking a poo who does in Matt Matt notes this a very and this is very good continuity that he still does have his Firebird, uh, still driving that around. Uh, a poo goes to Tiffany's and they think they're he's buying Modula a necklace, but it turns out that they had to make a joke about breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. Bre- they serve breakfast now, Matt. I, I no, no, that, <laughs> that's, that, that was a, that was a dumb joke back then. I didn't want. So. Okay, okay. Uh, so uh, they 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 continue to follow him around. He he's going to the the the. Let's see. It's all it's a bunch of red herrings because he's not actually he's buying breakfast at Tiffany's. He goes to the docks and they think they're he's getting her a boat, but instead he's just delivering uh, uh, pornography to the sailors who are gay, I guess. Get a bunch of gay sailor well, jokes in there. They're they're opportun- opportunistically gay, which Man, I, I think one of our, our letters from the news. Yeah, yeah we're into. we're gonna we'll we'll talk about that a, a, a little bit. Uh, which I I just hmm. okay. So uh, Flanders is in this gaggle, is in this this mob, and he's like, maybe we should just be nice to our wives. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That, that's way too much effort. You know. With all the energy we're putting into this sabotage thing, we could have written sonnets for our wives, or learned to tango, or lovingly restored one of those antique... Well, at least I got a hunk of Moe's hair. Man, that's smart. Baby, we got him now. There's no escape from the airport. Oh, nuts, we lost him. I told you we shouldn't have gone for long-term parking. Hey, look! It's Elton John! We have to make an emergency landing. It's that damn chandelier again. 
What's he doing in Springfield? I got it, I got it. Apu must have hired him to sing for Manjula. Not if I can help it. And help it, I might. Mr. John, I'm your biggest fan. I've tape recorded all your songs off the radio. Oh, that's very sweet. Have a Grammy. Uh... So, Elton John's there. Obviously, uh, Pooh brought him there. How do you feel about Elton John, Matt? Um, in this episode or in general? In this episode. Uh, you know, it's not the worst celebrity cameo. Uh, he's only on screen for about a minute total, not counting the song at the end. Uh, he doesn't do anything particularly wacky, uh, or really anything that identifies him as Elton John. Uh, besides the fact that he besides sings. the fact that there is a, well, yeah, at the end of the episode he sings. Uh, but um. I mean, in this segment where they, they find Elton John and put him in a dog carrier, the only part that's Elton Johnish about it is the fact that he has a chandelier in his plane. Hey, Grammys. So, he has Grammys, too. And yeah. Grammys to give away, but no one values a Grammy. It's one thing the uh, writers of The Simpsons have made very clear on multiple occasions. They don't consider the Grammy an actual award. It's pretty – there's a lot of music out there and just arbitrarily saying, like, hey, this is the best of the th- – 10,000 albums that came out this year. I'm like, I don't think you listen to all of it, did you, Mr. Uh, Grammy Judge? No. You didn't listen to all that music. You don't really know. And you're probably an old person who doesn't isn't really appreciative of, you know, various new that's musics. Uh, that's what we need. Uh, a few dozen old white guys selecting the best hip-hop album of the year. <laughs> or the best, best metal album, too. That's always my... <laughs> That's what I want to see, a whole bunch of bald, white-haired old guys listening to a thrash metal. You know, this is my favorite fun fact. It was uh, actually it was the million-dollar question on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and it's the only million-dollar question I ever knew the answer to. It is, which band received the first metal, grant, metal, metal music Grammy, metal album Grammy, I guess. It was like in early 90s, I think, 91 or 92 or something. And... Your guess out of the blue would probably be like a Metallica, right? Or someone like that. No, Jethro Tull. What? Jethro Tull received the first. Was it a shared category? Like the best barbershop spoken No, no, it was not. It was not. It was just metal album and somehow Jethro Tull won. That tells you. And and that's not like, yes, Grammys are uh, a sham. uh, That this will end our Grammy Grammy, uh, segment for this week. Uh, Turn in next week for our, our, our next featured bad award win um in the grammys they kidnap elton john put him in a pet carrier what apu is really at the airport for is to hire a skywriter which okay sure i, I really like the skywriter this this little weird character they've made he up. seems cool right <laughs> he seems he's fun he's a fun character he is he comes out he's like a he's like a weird uh anachronism like uh rex banner is you know he is not from the year 1999 he's like from the year 1937 and somehow he's still around doing skywriting uh so in a long sequence that is hey a wacky a long wacky action sequence homer stows away on the skywriter's plane tries to stop him from writing a, a message to Manjula because it'll make it, it's it's even worse because everyone in town will be able to see it. So they get in a fist fight, uh, eventually destroys the cloud making tank, the, 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 the whatever the, the ink in the skywriter's pen, so to speak. Uh, it leaves the message abbreviated and all the women of Springfield take their turns at interpreting it. I love you. It's an angel. Oh, that's Nettie's pet name for me. I love you. 
Poppin' fresh. Oh, Clancy. <laughs> I love you. And Nikki, it's a little run together, but that's what it says. I love you. Cactus? Blobby? Upsilon? Oh, who am I kidding? Homer would never surprise me like that. So, everyone but Marge is optimistic about it. Yeah, everyone but Marge has faith in their husbands. They've probably gotten them some sort of gifts. They've probably spent more on gifts to their wives than temporary tattoos. So, there's a reason Marge is not optimistic. Yeah, over the years, it's not that I blame Marge for it, because, frankly, we've seen uh, the the colossal uh, calamities that Marge has dealt with with Homer. So... He fights the Sky Raider, and he's getting pummeled, honestly. Uh, he, so, okay, he <laughs> gets beat up by the Sky Rider. The plane is spinning out of control. He falls out of the airplane, like you do. Like you do, and they totally survive. And uh, through a weird, weird set of coincidences, he, like, lands through like the airplane and him both kind of they like cuts roses in such a way that they perfectly land in Marge's arms, right? No, in Homer's arms, right? Homer has them presenting them uh, to no, Marge. They, they land they land right in front of Marge. In front uh, of the Marge. roses in his teeth. In his teeth, right. Okay, with an extra right. So Homer and then he I believe he catches himself on a laundry line. You see those all the time too. Lots of people hanging oh, yeah. laundry outside, I guess, outside of Florida where it's not 100% humidity all day. I guess it's not so crazy. <laughs> but he he he's totally fine. I, mostly. Uh, mostly. So many roses. Just when I think I have you figured out, you fall from the sky with roses. Roses. Oh, homie. Oh, they're beautiful. Mm. Oh, I'm going to snuggle your brains out. Well, I think I have a collapsed lung, but okay. <laughs> yep, that's Homer. I don't matter how injured I am, I'll take some. That, and also, I don't. It's uh, the this this being the ending of the Homer plot is discordant to a certain degree, but whatever. It's it, like it makes no sense that like they are. I guess he gets. Like it, it seems like it is kind of the thesis of season ten Simpsons. It is no matter how bad a person Homer is, if we inflict enough violence on him, it's okay. Oh my god, that is the thesis statement of this entire season. Oh man, that's sad. And I don't know. It's fine. Like he does get beaten a lot, but I, it's not like he is. Marge is happy at the end, so I, I'm happy for Marge. That's really where I have to be. Apu at the same time. Uh, meets Elton John. Uh, makes a lot of... Uh, here's If you want your Elton John-specific jokes, Matt, here they are. My humble love note is turning into a Valentine's Day massacre. You think you've got problems. I just chewed my way out of a dog carrier. Oh, Elton John? That's my name. Well, not really. I hate to sound like a screaming fan, but... Ah! That maniac nearly killed us. Shall I take you to the pilot? You see, because that is your song. I heard you. Yes, because someone saved your life tonight. Cut it out. Well, well, the bitch is back. You have to appreciate Apu's ability to uh, improv there. I mean, he's, I mean, he was friends with Paul McCartney. And 
he so apparently he, he is big on music. He knows about like he called out um with Skinner on you know movie references. It seems like Pooh is pretty up with uh you know different pop culture stuff. He does have a PhD in computer science. What you're saying is that Pooh is a giant nerd. I think yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, honestly. And like Pooh is in this episode is like all he is is like a theoretical perfect Valentine's guy. He's not really. He doesn't have an arc. Like that's true. He is. He is not a who. He is just some guy. And that's fine. It doesn't. It's. It doesn't matter. Like it's not bad. It's just there's no arc for a poo, and there's really no arc for anyone. Like Homer doesn't learn it. No one learns anything. No one changes. It's just a bunch of craziness that ends. At least, at least this. It ends with a very sweet moment with Elton John singing a song to Pooh Majula. If I was a sculptor, ha, but then again, no, our man who makes potions in a traveling shoe. I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do. My gift is my song, yeah, and this one's from Apu. I can't believe it. You closed the Quickie Mart just for me. Well, you and the health inspector. <laughs> Champagne squishy? Oh, thank you. It should get you pretty darn hammered. That's a great idea, by the way. Champagne squishy. I like that. Mm. I'm kind of over. I had some. I've had some bad experiences with champagne. Sorry, just alcoholic squishies in general, you know. I get some of those for my wife. Yeah, I would say I would like a, like a strawberry daiquiri squishy. Those are very good. I don't want yeah. cha- I don't want champagne involved. I don't like alcohol, but I like the virgin version. The virgin Vir- virgin, virgin version. Wow, that's my new exactly. Indie. My new indie band is Virgin Version. Uh, <laughs> it's the Virgin Version. That's the the name. Uh, and that's how the episode ends. It, it ends with Apu uh, and Manjula having a sweet moment on top of the Quickie Mart with Elton John singing to them. Uh, an apuified version of your song. It's a nice ending. Uh, I think the largely this episode is fine. That's and it, it, it has a good season ten episode. It is is, is probably definitely in the top half of season ten. I would say. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, I think it is funny. It has very good gags in there. It has some honest moments in there amongst the wackiness, amongst all this the non-stop like like constant long action sequences in the third acts. I just, I, I, I don't know if I haven't looked back and like looked at like previous seasons and like tried to keep track of like what other episodes had sequences like that, which cause other episodes do. I just trying to think like how many did they have where it was like 10 episodes in a row or something where it's, it becomes so clear. I don't know. This episode is certainly a good season 10 episode over like as a overall Simpsons episode, I think it is fine. It is not offensive. It is not bad. It has some outdated jokes, um, some problematic stuff in it. But it's it's mm-hmm. eh, it's nineteen ninety nine. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, just to call it, it's fine. It's as a it has a romantic sweet ending, and largely that is enough for me at this point. I go, oh, at least it had a nice sweet thing happening instead of a cynical dumb thing. Yeah. 
that's where we're at. Oh, cynical dumb things. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... That's enough for us now. It's like, hey, there were some jokes. It was sweet. It's better than Homer wasn't a jerk. Yeah, it, like he was, but he wasn't... At least they kind of acknowledged that he they were, he was lazy and bad. Like, that, like the episode just repeatedly is yelling, like, hey, we're really lazy and bad, aren't we? And that's enough to kind of doubt... At least the episode itself is acknowledging, hey, we're bad people. Okay, I give you that. Yeah. Uh, we'll rank it at the end of the show. As always, no submissions for my favorite episode. However, if you do have a favorite episode, send it in. Sensorpod at gmail.com. Explain why a certain episode is your favorite. And I'll read it when we get there. It's time for our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is right home through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group. See what people were talking about a week or two after an episode debuted. Um, they're a little bit more positive on this one than last week's episode. Um, although... Yeah, it's a mostly good grades. It, most people like it, uh, but I did get there are some some bottom some bottom bad uh, people not liking it. So I, I again I I picked a really uh, a a very nice review and then I picked a very angry review. Uh, I tend to like Apu episodes, and this was a step up from last year's offering in that department. It was nice to see Apu's poem life and the characters well written. Can't recall any moments when I was rolling on the floor, as they say on the internet, but there were plenty of good gags. The previous episode references were well done, too. Uh, the writer actually remembered Apu's roof garden and the name of Sideshow Mel's and Chief Wiggum's wives. While I might not have given this episode such a high grade in an earlier season, I'm going ahead and give it an A. I particularly like that last line. While I might not have given this episode such a high grade in an earlier season... I'm going to go ahead give it an A. And I think that's reflective. Uh, here's the, the, the negative. This episode, in my opinion, completely bombed. It was plotless and confusing. I was getting confused between Manjula mad at Apu, Marge mad at Homer, a Manjula liking Apu, guys getting angry at Apu, etc. Sir Elton John guest starring Intriguement. That's quite a word, Intriguement. Another celebrity gets wasted with unfunny dribble. This episode wasn't really funny either, only cracking smiles at, at minute references. Usually when an episode isn't funny, we have a good plot, something which saved Wizard of Evergreen Terrace. Yet a good plot was absent in this episode. Back to the Marge saying, Homer doesn't buy gifts from Marge? Great, now Mar Homer can be forgiven by once again giving another gift. Still 1K off. This dribble gets an F. I don't think that's fair. I'm... I don't think that's fair. It's more a description of the episode we watched this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I also disagree that Wizard of Evergreen Terrace had terrific plot. I wouldn't. Yeah, it, it had a plot, and it was kind of windy and weird. It had a plot. Um, a couple other notes from the news group. Uh, people were if when uh, that bit about the Indian pop stars and uh, Apu playing the music. You look, they there is a, a close up of his record player, um, which had a setting for sixteen RPMs. Which, not, not really, a, you, not, you don't see that on a lot of record players. And frankly, a record player discussion is more cogent in 2018 than a, a discussion about newspapers. Um, but uh, someone, people were asking, like, why is there a 16 RPM on, what records are, do you listen to at 16? Like, you know, you have 33, you know, you go up, um. Here we have. I have an authority from a friend who's a record collector that the 16 RPM speed was invented for talking book records way back when, before cassettes. The speed allowed for more time on a 12-inch disc as opposed to 30 minutes or so at 33 to 3rd. It was really suitable for spoken word, not music, and eventually cassettes came into wide circulation. So 16 RPM went into the way of Betamax and 8-tracks. And yeah, another person adds in, allows for more recording time at reduced sound quality. Which, sure, that's all I got. Next week, oh, next week. Our next segment 
it is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what episode had the greatest potential that it did not reach? Uh, very interesting question. Very, very interesting answers. I was, I was really curious to see what people would answer with this, and I got, we got good answers. I really appreciate the time people took. Uh, first up from Steven, the computer war menace. Was it? No, it's the. What's the name of that episode, Matt? Computer. The computer who wore menace shoes. You're back on track. Computer wore menace shoes. Homer with a computer. What a concept! How they ended up on an island, I will never understand, except or try to comprehend. I mean, it's gotta. They're trying to do the prisoner thing. I get it. Well, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, from Brian, Codependence Day. I mostly enjoy the Star Wars prequels B-plot and the idea of Marge and Homer bonding over their enjoyment of wine. Fortunately, it takes a hard left turn into terrible when Homer frames Marge for driving while intoxicated. Sure does. Uh, Rufus, Trilogy of Error. Bart and Homer sequences are great, but the Lisa story is pretty bland, especially the bit with a Frankie Muniz character. It's what keeps it from being a great episode. Frankie Muniz. Eric, the one where Homer goes with a poo to India. India is a huge country with innumerable opportunities for satire, and they tried to cover it in one act. They should have made that one a two-parter or a movie. Uh, AJ, so, weird answer here, but I'm going to say Trails of Horror in general. And he says, hear me out. Like, we're just going to cut them off right there. Uh, every episode, for the most part, is really fun. But not only are there horror franchises they haven't touched, looking at you, Alien, but so many of those sketches could fill an entire episode if you really wanted to push that level of detail. I'd love to see a Halloween episode that maybe just does one or two long sketches that can take more time to fun, uh, more time for, to to fill uh, to fun with their ideas. Lots of potential for something fresh and different if the ideas are fleshed out a bit more, breaking that six-minute mold they're stuck with. Again, love the Halloween episodes. I'm mostly just advocating for more and even reacher quality and alien which yes alien should definitely i am amazed they haven't done alien yet and yeah like the trail saharas do have like a very kind of consistent level of at least plot like fun like you're never really disappointed after you see them but at this point like that like they finally did a non-trail sahara halloween episode maybe do a trail sahara episode that is just one long segment or like break i mess with the format a little bit i don't know it's probably too late for that oh well uh, from James, uh, I'm going to have to go with Weekend at Burnsies. I am straight edge, but I do realize that there are benefits to marijuana for some people. I've had friends who use it for physical me- medical reasons, such as severe arthritis and fibromyalgia, where it can only be the, the only pain relief that allows them to get through the day, as well as mental reasons such as PTSD, where it's literally the only thing keeping from screaming all night from debilitating nightmares and flashbacks. People can also use it responsibly for recreation and not end up the stereotypical stoner, just a relaxation tool the same as many other outlets that are legal as opposed to this. They could have used this episode to explore these ideas, but instead it generated into pot smokers laughing at everything, having short attention spans, and having the munchies. Rather than tackling an issue and showing both sides, it goes for the lowest common denominator of having Homer become Cheech and Chong, a serious waste of potential. I 100% agree with that. Weekend at Burnsies is not very good. Uh, Martin, what you say, Matt? I said no. No, it is not. Uh, Martin, honestly, Homer to the max. Could have been a great episode about Homer finding himself, maybe connecting to his family and heritage or some such. Instead, he goes to a dinner party. What? Yep. Uh, uh, professor, yes, I would. The professor, yes, I would, Kent. Homer Simpson and Kitty Trouble is unwashable, but it may have been palatable if Homer decided to himself to donate his kidney to his dad after realizing that his family are important to him. Doing it so, with doing it without his knowledge just feels unrealistic and cheap. Uh, employee million at O Benjamin. The PTA disbands is still great, but I think it juggles too many ideas. And the one I enjoyed, Mar- Marge being Bart's teacher, wasn't given enough attention. Um, Brian at Brian J. Feld. Generically, except for Lisa's wedding, the episodes set in the future are very hit and miss. 
in my opinion, in my humble opinion, since there's real, no real stakes to our current characters, these episodes could be much more wacky. Still, some epic lines like, yeah, I miss Christmas. I miss Christmas. Uh, Will at Will's War of the Men. Uh, computer War Men of Shoes. The first two acts are hilarious. The third act, I have no idea what that's supposed to be. And finally, from Anthony, uh, at Missouri Anthony. Homer vs. Dignity, because for some reason, the idea of Homer getting raped by a bear was funny to the writers. <sighs> we haven't... Oh, man. That's... When is Homer vs. Dignity? What a season is that? Uh, I think it was 11, 12, something like that. Find the right tab. 12, yep. Of course. I thought you said 12 was better, Matt. I thought so, but looking at these episodes, <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking that. What's... I remember 15 having some good episodes... <laughs> But looking at 12 and 13, I'm like, wow, that was that season, huh? Mm-hmm. What's your answer, man? Uh, I don't know if this is my one-time answer, because I didn't spend as much time on this as I probably should have. But looking through a lot of them, I actually really wanted Days of Wine and Dozies uh, to be more than it was. Uh, that is an episode where uh, Barney decides to quit drinking. Uh, that episode really could have been a powerful statement, kind of like Duffless, but for Barney, someone whose alcoholism is even more raging and uncontained than Homer was. Uh, and it just kind of ends up devolving into wackiness um, and, and it, ha- it had a lot of potential, I feel like, and that's just kind of where it went. So, oh well. Oh well. Maybe yeah, next time. Yeah, it, the, mar- the way they've handled Barney's alcoholism is they should have just left it alone. They should have just let him be that drunk character, and, like, that's all they could do. Yeah. And if they're going to confront it, they actually do it, but instead they make him a drunk, then they unmake it, then he's sober, and then he's not sober, and then, like, obviously there's a lot of, uh, like, powerful drama there but they never really get serious with it it's all about it's just for jokes um and that obviously jokes are important but duffless is more than just jokes you know duffless has an arc there um i have two answers to this uh i have one answer that is the classic years and i have one post classic years and the first the, the 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 classic years answer is the twisted world of marge simpson um i could have chosen like four different marge episodes um, but Marge twist- episodes tend to have good potential and then just kind of get pissed away. There's nothing in this episode like that. There's no arc for her, you know, like she, it, it, like, and there's multiple episodes like this, you know, there's Marge gets a job and, um, the Springfield connection and this episode in particular, like all of them are seeing Marge, like try and look for more in her life. She needs fulfillment of some sort. And they all end with her just going like, Oh, I can't get it here. All right. And the episode ends with something. Like, and this episode ends with the big Yakuza fight, which is fun, but Marge doesn't have an, like, nothing, like, it doesn't say anything about her. She doesn't go, oh, actually being a homemaker is valid and actually very important, and I'm helping, like, I'm shaping my children. Like, that's very important. And taking care of my, my spouse, also very important. Like, I am, my role is valid and, and, and fulfilling. But they don't say that. She They just go, oh, Marge yeah. can't, isn't going to sell pretzels anymore. I'm like, all right, great. Um, for the uh, more recent episode, this is actually a pretty recent episode. It's from uh, season 27. It is The Burns Cage, uh, which is the episode that Smithers finally outs himself to Burns. Oh, yeah. And I, w- I remember being distinctly disappointed in this thing because obviously they sh- probably should have bit, like, they should have done taken that leap earlier in the show. Should have waited for season twenty-seven to have Smithers talk to Burns about the fact that he's gay and that he uh, he like loves Burns honestly, and 
they finally they, they get there though you know it's season 27 but there is an episode about it and you would think that there's so much fuel for that like you have all these episodes you have all this time of smithers being like a semi-closeted gay man and loving his employer and they don't they kind of just don't do much with it and it's kind of it's kind of disappointing i i it, like they get halfway there and then they resort to just going back to this status quo. And like I think at this point, if you're gonna do it, you gotta make it to either Smithers is over his love of Burns, which they don't really nail down, or he gets fired or he quits. You know, he he get, he doesn't work there anymore, and we see Smithers in a different role in Springfield, which is either way is fine. But they don't really commit to anything. They just go, eh, it's. They reconcile and they're fine together. But that's it? Like, 27 years? You would think, like, they're, you understand the expectations. Whatever. Yeah, it's it's one of those episodes where you're just like, this this could have been so good. This could have been a time of change for The Simpsons. But I just don't think they've had the courage to make any large changes to the show in the past, what, five years? They're just like, no, it has to stay. Shows like this do not grow despite the fact that almost all of them do eventually because of limitations with human actors, animated shows apparently are just never allowed to change. I don't know. It's not even that. It's just like, don't do that episode then. You know, that's the thing that, that is, that's my my point. Like if you're not going to have something trends, like something important happen here, like a big character moment for Smithers, then don't do it. You know, just have another episode about Smithers doing something or whatever, figure out a different plot. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, next week's question: What is the most romantic moment? Your favorite romantic moment? Either, either way. Um, I, I think we've, answered, we've, I've asked something similar before, but ask it again. Different answers, maybe this time. <laughs> um, I'll post this question on all our social media: Facebook.com/slash/TheSimpsonsShowPod on Twitter at SimpsonsShowPod, and you can email us SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. Reach out, like us, follow us. You know those, you know the things you do on social media. Next up, Matt, it is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. I'm, oh, new in sheets. Got it, Google. Thank you very much. <laughs> There's new things in sheets. Uh-huh. There's new things in sheets, Matt. Uh, I am two sure points. Are. I'm two points behind Matt. Uh, for this season, I'm catching up. D- definitely gonna upward trending. I know it, right, uh-huh. Matt? Right, right. Give yep. me an easy question. All right, so your easy question: What washed-up actor does the intro for almost every educational film and infomercial in Springfield? That'd be Troy McClure. You are correct, sir. Hi, you may know me. Uh, your easy question, Matt. These are all from Springfield with a dollar sign. Ooh, okay. Your easy question: Who builds a casino in Springfield? Uh, that would be a Mr. Burns. That's correct. You need a different name, though. Not Burns Casino. Oh, no, of course not. <laughs> All right, what's my medium question? <gasps> All right, your medium question. What is the name of the restaurant chain that tries to buy the recipe for the Flaming Mo? Oh, oh man. I know you know this. I do. I, I know I know it, too. The problem is my brain don't work so good sometimes. <laughs> uh, it is. It's like an... Irish name, sound Irish sounding name or Scottish sounding name, one of the two. I think it's like a Mick something. I know it was. It's like it very feels very much like a a, a Benigan sounding name. Um, oh, that's not. But that's 
That's not that. That's, uh, okay. It is, uh, O'Donnell. I'll say it's O'Donnell. It's not right. I don't know. No, you are not correct. It is Tipsy McSwaggers. Tipsy McSwaggers. I was thinking of, like, some Irish name. All right. Uh, Your medium question, Matt. What retired boxer is a greeter at Burns Casino? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Jerry Cooney? Dang it. Oh, whew. I didn't think you'd get it. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a tough one. Uh, but uh, I had to check in several spots to make sure this is oh, the correct, the correct answer. So name all of Selma's husbands. The, one of these, one of these, even I didn't know, and and one of them kind of sort of counts, but I, I'll let you have it either way, whether or not you name him. Um, is it? Are you taking this from the when she's uh, when uh, they ask her to marry a poo, and she's already? I'm like, I'm already no, Selma no. Bouvier. Well, yeah, it's it's actually uh, apparently there are at least a couple of uh, husbands after that. Oh, I don't know then. Uh, <laughs> she's she's definitely married uh, Troy McClure. Uh, she definitely married Sideshow Bob. Um, that is where I got the idea from it, though. And I'm yeah. like, I bet you there's been more, because I know at least one more. And then uh, when there's at least one more, did, I did not realize. Did she marry Grandpa at one point or something like that? Some stupid. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, the Grandpa. I'll throw that in there, sure. I need I need okay. grist for the mill. Uh, uh, how many? How many? Give me a number. How many answers do you need? Five with a possibility of a six. That okay. may or may not All count. right. Then I'll just fill them out. Uh Sideshow Bob, Troy McClure, Grandpa, um, comic book guy, Captain McAllister. Okay, well, you definitely got your first and, thing. And, you, the, you and, know and, this, and the sixth is Hap Hapablap. <laughs> okay, uh, you forgot Lionel Hutz, uh, which apparently we, we never saw that one, but in the episode you were thinking of uh, when they go to ask her to marry Apu, uh, her, she says her name is already uh, uh, Bouvier Trewilger Hutz McClure. Uh, also, Grandpa, so you're correct about that. Uh, also, Disco Stew, apparently, at one point. I don't remember that, but I sure. Uh, and also, uh, at one point, there is an episode where she goes through a ceremony with Fit Fat Tony, a.k.a. the new oh, Fat Tony. Oh, oh, right, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, and apparently he asked her to be his mistress rather than her wife, but she also still took his last name, according to a couple websites. Oh, so, okay, good, you know. That's excellent. What is Disco yep. Stew's last name, Matt? Do we ever get that? Disco Tech. Oh, right. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Your hard question, Matt. What are the three things on the betting board at Bart's Casino, and oh, what and what are the odds? Okay. Um, I want to say there's one about Millhouse getting beaten up, which is like a one-to-one -one bet. Um, I have no idea. Uh, I'm not even going to waste your time because <laughs> I remember there being numbers. The last one is like 100,000 to one, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, we, so, there's yeah. three. There's three things. No, Milos is not on there. Uh, the first oh. one is Krabappel nervous breakdown. That's a two to one. Uh, uh, fat kid popular fifty to one. <laughs> and finally, is Bart gets own TV show thousand to one. Oh, I mean that's just ridiculous. How could Bart get his own TV show? Uh, no one would ever care about that character. I know that's ridiculous. Uh, Matt has upped his lead on me, which I'm not happy about. I got to try harder. Be really smarter. thought you get that Tipsy McSwaggers. I should know it, but Matt, I don't... There's a lot of... like I have a finite amount of space in my brain, alright? You know, every uh, week I, know. I, I learn know. new things about this episode. I learn new things about I'm with Cupid, and then I forget things about Flaming Moe's, which is not necessarily a just thing, but this is not a just world, so what can I do about yeah. that? Uh, but that's it for trivia.
for this week. We can move on to our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is part of show, man. I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. Let's see. Um, Where do we put this episode? Is it better than... Is it better than... Well, let's put it this way. Last week, Homer to the Max. I think this is a solidly better than Homer to the Max. That was 151. Is it, though? I think it is. I mean, you have most of the characters being true to their characters. Uh, you have Apu working too much. You have, uh, you know, it, is very, it has a very 50 sensibility. Uh, but Homer is not a jerk. I mean, any more so than he was, you know, in the better seasons. Uh Marge is completely in character. Uh, I mean, you have you have people who are reacting appropriately to a situation, uh, even though for most of the, for some of them, especially Homer, there's not really a great response besides just you know being a nice guy, which Homer always has trouble with. And there are a few good jokes here and there. I don't think it's a great episode. I think it's better than Homer to the Max. Hmm. I don't think it's much better if it is. No, that's that's what I was going to say. So once you once you decided, because I mean, I'm looking above it and like. 146 March gets a job solidly better than this. Right above that, New Kid on the Block, solidly better than this. I mean, Homer versus Lisa in the Eighth Commandment, probably better than this. It is. It, I would say it is better than this. Yeah. I, and One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Blue Fish is also probably better. So, you know, we might be looking at it right above last week. I see. That's the th- I don't. I'm still very torn about Homer to the Max because I absolutely love those first two, first two thirds of that episode. I love it. And then, and like thinking about it, it's only made me like double down and like, yeah, I love those first two thirds. And then the final third, I really dislike a lot. So I still have no idea with how to use that uh, as like, (laughs) like, how good is it? I don't know. It's two thirds good. So I guess that's not too bad on this (laughs) list. Um, Like, that's the thing. Like, I think those two thirds are better than this episode. That last third is definitely not better than this episode, but at least this episode is like all about the one thing and doesn't take any weird detours and isn't offensive at all. And I mean, it's a little offensive, I guess. It's a little, little bit of a problematic fave, so they say. Um, I, I, I guess is it, it. That's why I say I don't know if I put it better. I like I don't know if it's better than Homer Alone. At 156 or Blood Feud. Like, I feel like those are like, I maybe we put Tober to the max a little too high because I just, I feel like this episode has nothing horrifically objectionable. Homer to the max third act, definitely horrifically objectionable. I know, but those for, I don't know. I think the more and more I try and think about the good parts of that episode and not the bad parts, um, I'm kind of okay with where we put Homer to the max. I just don't think this episode is good. Like, I think it averaged out. Like, this episode is exactly that. It is kind of just fine. And that's, there's a bunch of episodes. There's three right there. Wild Bards Can't Be Broken, Married to the Mob, and The Trouble with Trillions. That's where I, exactly where I put this episode, in that lump. I don't, like, if you ask me if this is better than Old Money, I don't think so. I think, like, they're both love stories, right? Yeah, that's true. And Old Money, I would, I think is better. I think Blood Feud is better. I think Homer Alone is better. Like I, I, the, my argument at home with Max is I think it might, it could technically go higher. Maybe like, I, I think the good parts of it do redeem a certain part of the, like there's more good than bad in it. Uh, 
Like that's I like I would put this at one fifty seven. I'd put this above Wild Bar Speak can't be broken. But I mean I could put it below Wild Bar Speak can't be broken because all these episodes kind of blend together because they they are so yeah, similar. Right. They're so similar to each other. You know they all have the exact same structure and like they don't set. They're not. They don't. There's nothing about them that makes them incredibly unique. Like what? What yeah, is? Yeah, that's true. I, I definitely get what you're saying because I mean like. Homer alone is a good episode. The fact that the Simpsons were so good for so long is part of why it's so far down on this list. Uh, so, uh, why do we put Homer to the max so high again? Because those first two two thirds are like transcendent, like as good as anything in the Simpsons. <sighs> Dang, you're right. Like endlessly quotable, very funny. Uh, like even if it it <laughs> definitely feels like it is like leaning towards like saying something about the show. Doesn't do that, but. That's why I mean I'm. That's why it's at 151 and not at like 97 or something. Is because or it's 60 or 47 or 32 or whatever. I think it would go if it nailed like like if it had a third third final third that had like really nailed it. It would have gone much much higher. Like 151, I feel like is a, a adequate punishment for having a, th- a final third act that is just a complete derailment of the plot. That I think this episode, uh, while never lowering itself to like that third act. It never really gets above having it's it's has some really funny gags in it and it holds together as as a plot. But no one has an arc in it. Like everyone's like I I know that you meant it as a compliment, Matt. That everyone is written relatively in character. Mm-hmm. But episodes where people are written in character, they're reserved for like the bottom ten of this list. <laughs> I, I don't know about the bottom ten, but probably the bottom ten percent. No, it's like the bottom ten at this point, really. Like Viva Ned Flanders and Sunday Credit Sunday, Kenny Trouble when you dish upon a star, like in a bunch of sitcom season one episodes. Yeah, you're right. Um, I I would put this. Is it better than Wild Bars Can't Be Broken? I think so. Yes. Are you just saying that because you've seen this one more recently than Wild Bars Can't Be Broken? No, no, I, I'm saying it because. I feel like this episode has some good laughs. Wild Bart's Can't Be Broken has, like, maybe one or two points where I chuckled. Because I feel like these this lump of episodes, all we're doing is going, the most recent episode just goes up on top. And because... <laughs> I don't know about the, that. Like, The Trouble with Trillions is the oldest of them. That's the season nine. Then Married to the Mob, and then Wild Bart's Can't Be Broken, and then we're putting on with Keep It Above It. I mean, it's funny. I don't... You know what? I just realized I don't care that much, so... okay. These Let's episodes just... are not good enough to care about. That's not true. Uh, that's why we're doing this. Everything matters, right? Sure, sure. Even, Absolutely. Even the terrible stuff. Very. It matters. So it's so important. I, I think. It, I think. It, I. I'm kind of being a little uh, specious in my uh, arguments. I think it is better than. Wild Bart's can't be broken, but I don't think it's much better. It is another hair's breadth above it. I think it is more streamlined and more focused than Wild Bart's can't be broken, but that's not saying much. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's funny. The more I think about it, the more I want to put all these season 10 episodes, like, just layer them at the bottom of the list, but it's hard to it's hard to see read these things out of context. Like, again, if I think if I watch this episode after, if I watch them not all in a row like this... I probably wouldn't. I would probably be a little bit more generous, but it's not what we're doing. Nope. So uh, that is number one fifty-seven on our list. I'm with Cupid. Uh, first on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still When You Dish Upon a Star. 
our next episode is Marge Simpson in Screaming Yellow Honkers. Marge episode. Interesting uh, one. Angry Marge episode. I'm sure that season 10 Simpsons is very well equipped to create a intricate and nuanced look at Marge's character and her anger, right? Oh, yeah. They, they always are. Always. I think that'll do it for us. Um, before we go, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Uh, please check out my other podcast, Hits Boys Comics Hours, about comic books. Our upcoming episode will uh, be discussing some Swamp Thing, some Alan Moore Swamp Thing, which I haven't read. I'm very excited about it. Uh, and then the other podcast is The Serial Fanaticist. Our most recent episode is with Matt talking about Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. We talk a lot. We talk about Tom Riddle and Dumbledore and uh, deaths. So check that out if you're interested. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. Unless there's a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. Yeah, after these season 10 episodes, and especially after this week's new episode, I'm just going to stick my head in the sand. Don't bother trying to talk to me. I, I can't handle it. Are you going to the beach or what? No, just going to dig a hole in my backyard, stick my head in for a little while. There's not really sand back there, Matt. There's dirt. I got a shovel. I'm good. <laughs> I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Keep watching this episode.